0: What's up, everybody? This is Mike Atkins from NerdsOnEarth.com, and I am joined by
1: Adam Sims from the Back Patio Network.
0: And we stuck to our brand and had yet another season finale totally sneak up on us. Yeah, again. Um, <laughs> yep, yeah, again. It's just, I, I think. Was it uh, season three where we finally... We might have even had two seasons where we were like, all right, we caught it, and we'll do three episodes in one of our episodes. But uh, we finished recording last week, and then we were just like... We sit down to watch the next couple of episodes, and we're like, uh, there's only one. Welcome to the season finale of season four, folks.
1: Yep, I remember you messaged me, too, and you were like, oh, man, did you realize that this was the last episode? Eh, uh, no, but oh, well.
0: <laughs> we did not. We, but that is, that is how dedicated we are to approaching everything to this show completely green i'm not reading ahead in the manga we're not looking ahead at episode titles or the number of episodes none of that stuff i'm sure that this was probably what anime standard is like 24 episodes in a season and we just can't count
1: i don't know i I don't watch enough other anime to know what a standard season is and i feel like so many shows are different i don't know that there is a standard
0: Well, regardless, we had episode 88 left kind of out in the ether when we finished recording last. Um, So we're going to tackle it just kind of solo. So we probably are going to end up with a shorter episode, but it'll feel very much like all the other ones where we talk about this episode um, one instead of two. And then we'll still do a casting and then we might spitball some of what we're thinking we might do in the time between season four and season five, because this is a My Hero Academia Podcast, um, and up until this point, we were able to kind of catch up on backlog and then watch season four along with you guys. And now we have no content, um, at least not uh, not anything that's streaming to Hulu at the moment. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have any ideas on what we might uh, tackle next, or look at, or talk about. Because you know, Adam and I are going to continue to talk, um, even if nobody listens.
1: Yeah, that is. Uh, you're not wrong about that, uh, and I'm I'm excited to find some more My Hero stuff to talk about. Uh, It looks like we've got a plethora of, like, content out there. I mean, there's so much stuff from the uh, Vigilantes and some of the joke books or, like, the short-run books that you found. So I'm excited to read through some of those.
0: I think think it might be fun to spend, like, maybe a half-dozen episodes reviewing My Hero Academia-themed dress socks. What do you think (laughs) about that idea?
1: I don't know. Can we go with ties?
0: I mean, I'm sure, you know, another six episode on ties. Okay. We'll just, what we'll do is we'll just go to, you know, the local hot topic and just pick the next, you know, gimmicky doodad that has my hero something on it.
1: I gotta admit though, I'm like total sucker for those things. I've got way too many little knickknacks of random stuff. Uh, But man, let's talk about episode 88 because this episode was epic. It's everything I wanted from an Endeavor episode.
0: Yeah, I was um, I was very surprised by this episode. Now we ended last AMP um, AMP forty five talking about how excited we were to see what came next, and man, episode forty six delivers. Yeah, or, it or does. Our episode forty six, episode eighty eight, completely delivers it. There is nothing disappointing to me about this entire episode. Um, it it was high octane and and narrative element uh, excellence. The entire time. So, yeah. you know, we, we leave off in uh, at the very end of episode 87 with Endeavor kind of floating in the air, facing off against high end outside of this like high rise building. Um, but that's not where we pick up. We pick up at the hospital where uh, Todoroki's mom is currently, Fuyumi is her name, um, where she's currently housed, um, interred. Is that the word?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't it's know. One of those she's two. yeah, she's checked in somewhere. So
0: it's, it's her, obviously, um, and then two of Todoroki's siblings are there checking in on their mother. So we've met Fuyumi before for sure. I can't remember if this is the first time that we've met Natsuo, though. Do you remember if we've met him before?
1: I don't think we have, because I had mentioned a couple episodes ago that uh, I didn't think we had seen him when we were talking about uh, Dobby possibly being one of the Todorokis. I don't think that we've seen his older brothers like at all. This is the first time. At least in the show. I think you mentioned you had seen them in the manga previously.
0: I think briefly, like, in one of those flashbacks to when uh, Shoto was a... uh, Like a kid? yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So we have Todoroki's mom, sister, and... Brother, and then in my notes it says one of them, anyways, um, and they're <laughs> hanging out in uh, inside of this hospital room. They're just kind of checking in on on uh, their mom, and they're shocked to find out that there's some like back and forth family banter. Like the women are given not to a hard time about whether or not he's got a girlfriend, and they're talking about school. And uh, the mom starts doting over Todoroki, and um, she has these this like stack of letters that he's been sending her. And so she's like, you know, I know he's struggling with his extra license training, and he's working really hard to kind of keep on pace with his friends after having failed initially. Um, And I personally, I'll, I'll go on record, like, I know that Natsu tries to push a cell phone onto Fuyumi, but I am a sucker for just a good old traditional snail mail letter. They are, I think I've said this on the podcast before, maybe not, but they're romantic. Like, not in the necessarily, like... I'm attracted to you physically, you know, um, way, but just that, that they're old school and they're, there's a lot more intentionality. I think that goes into a letter than in a text message. Absolutely. No, I um, totally agree. So I, I like, I like that Todoroki has been writing letters. I think that that is a cool character element of his. Um, and we see that showcased here a little bit. Um, but after kind of some of these niceties, Uh, we have his brother Natsuo start breaking to his mom some of the news about Endeavor, the news that we were kind of privy to and talked about in our last episode.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because he brings up, he doesn't even say his name, he just says he. Like, he is number one now, officially, and, you know, and she kind of gets to the, like, they all kind of seem not surprised, if that makes sense, and and, uh, his brother, I say his brother, Todoroki or Shoto's brother starts going into this whole spiel about how like he he wasn't there or I guess a lot when he was a kid and Endeavor was abusing everybody, but he he can't forget what that guy did to his family, you know. And he says that Endeavor wants to leave his past and blood ties behind. And uh, their mom is like, no, that's I don't think that's what it is, you know. And, and he's been bringing me flowers apparently, and it turns out he's showing up and like leaving her stuff, but I guess she doesn't see him because she's still scared of him, and the doctors don't think it's a good idea for her to even see him. So, uh, do we, do we know is, are they separated? You know, have they divorced or does he just have her in like, you know, uh, checked in somewhere? I don't know that it's been explicitly stated
0: that they're divorced. I imagine that they're still together. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that Canon has been explicit one way or the other. I mean, I I guess it doesn't
1: matter, but I was just kind of one of those weird, like, I'm surprised there's even that much contact, you know?
0: Well, I mean... Some of this episode kind of has me leaning towards them still being together. Yeah. Um, part of it being what what May, the mom, says. I think I called her Fuyumi, but that's the sister's name earlier. But uh, the it's not May. I've got Hatsume on the brain. It's Rey. Rey Todoroki, Rei. Ray Todoroki, R-E-A. Okay, okay. Um, but some of the things that she says, the way that she is very insistent that he's not ditching the family, and you'd mentioned these flowers, and she said that he's... He's brought these flowers, and I only ever mentioned to him one time that I liked him, like when we first met. And so there's, there is a, there's an intentionality that possibly they're seeing from Endeavor towards the mom for the first time. And this is, this is news to the kids, um, but it's been something that she says, well, apparently he's been coming by a lot. And so I think that if there, if there was a severed connection, like from a divorce or something, I don't think that some of this would make as much sense. Yeah, that's true. But I think if there's a damaged relationship that he's trying to mend, I think that would fit a lot of what they're trying to do with his character right now.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, th- I think that with this redemption arc that we're kind of going through, it makes more sense that he's trying to redeem himself with his wife. And it's kind of neat that he's not even trying to announce it to the world. Like, he's not trying to make his kids privy to it. He's not trying to, you know, like, buy them with it. He's just doing it because it- he's being genuine, you know.
0: Yeah, we definitely see some new layers to Endeavor and... I've been trying to think about whether these layers were pre-existing or whether they are being grown anew, if that makes sense. Like, are these layers that we're seeing of him now or being made aware of now, have they always been there? Or are they things that he's trying to add and do that he's not done before, if that makes some sense?
1: I get the feeling that they may have very vaguely been there or faintly been there like i don't think that he's always been completely soulless you know what i mean but i do think that he lost his way at some point in time because there's a later scene where hawks mentions that he's been watching endeavor and that he was the only one striving to be like all might or to become the number one and i just wonder if he just became so obsessed with this goal that it's you know it was it kind of robbed him of everything else and once he realized that he has got to become number one and he can't be number one without having some level of compassion and, like, I guess, forgiveness of his, of his own self, you know, like, he needs to forgive what he's done to all of this his family. Like, he realizes if he can't save them, he's not gonna be able to save random strangers, I don't think, or be a symbol of peace. So he's trying to make up for his his bad deeds, you know? Yeah,
0: I think uh, I think that what you're describing is very similar to what I think is going on. Um, so previously, when All Might was the number one hero, he was, even though he was, he, Endeavor, was the number two hero, he was so far beneath the public's radar relative to All Might um, that, you know, his skeletons in his closet were you know, an afterthought or something that he didn't think about at all. But now that he doesn't have All Might to eclipse him, now that he's in the spotlight, now that he's the one that's living in a glass fishbowl that everybody is looking in on, um, that he's like, right, th- there are some things that are broken that that I need to fix. And um, since All Might's retirement, that he has gone about doing just that. And for possibly for that reason, I'm open to other interpretations, but I really do think that, uh you know, like like you were saying at least um th- that these layers were there, but maybe he was repressing them or putting them off because there wasn't a sense of urgency or importance really to them. Um, the thing that was important to him, perhaps at that time was just trying to catch up to all might, but now that he's succeeded even if, if even if he did so passively. Um, now these things that they they take on almost a new importance in his life, and and so he started since this retirement probably visiting uh, Ray, um, and it doesn't sound like the two kids are getting all that much attention. I mean, we've seen Todoroki get doted on um, in in the interim, right? Uh, yeah. But the two kids are kind of like, especially the the brother, are still kind of shocked by. Endeavor doing anything with their mom. So that kind of implied to me that he wasn't doing anything with them.
1: No, you're, I didn't even really pick up on that, but you're right. Uh, and I wonder if it's one of those, like one step at a time kind of deals, you know what I mean? Like, and it's possible that he may not have much of a relationship with them at all. I mean, what the brother had mentioned that he wasn't even around much. And so he didn't remember Endeavor being all that awful to begin with. So it sounds like maybe that was just if he was super busy trying to work his way up the hero ladder, he may never have been home when his brother was growing up. So, or his his son.
0: Yeah, that's very true. But we get to see that this scene that sets that begins this episode also sets the stage for some really important and significant stuff in my opinion, or in, from my perspective anyway, kind of in the middle of this episode too. Um, but, let's get into this fight because this is the thing that we were excited to talk about. We get sidetracked, right? Um, but this is, that was a really good conversation taking place just over that family dynamic. And I think that Corey Koshi put that out in front of us because again, it, it, it is important. It's important right now because this is, we're starting to get a peek behind the Endeavor screen into his life. That isn't, uh, isn't yet public. Um, and, We've only seen the, the kind of evil, broken side of any of this stuff up to this point. Um, and it's becoming of a new significance to us because it is of new significance to him.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this, is, this scene is there to tug at your heartstrings because without all this setup, let's be honest, this is just a cool fight uh, between two really powerful people. But you add in all this stuff and it just breaks you down. I mean, it gives it that extra umph. For sure. Uh, and I love the transition they did, too, because they transition into the scene of Endeavor, like, up in the air, and the Nomu is flying, and Hawks is standing inside this, you know, busted-out window. And it's so funny, because Hawks says, uh, I didn't know you can fly, and Endeavor just says, I'm not, or he, he goes, uh, I'm just not falling. <laughs> like, okay, Endeavor, yeah. awesome. This is a great way to start the fight. And then the Nomu and him just go at it, and it's crazy. They're, like, wrecking yeah. business buildings and, like, cutting them in half. I mean... It gets nuts quick.
0: Yeah, he he learns right out of the gate. Like, we ended the last episode with him blasting him through those windows, and he's already recovering um, as they're kind of hovering there in the air from any of that damage that Endeavor had inflicted upon him. So Endeavor is starting to piece together some similarities between this Nomu and some of the other black-colored Nomus that, he've in, that he's encountered versus the white ones that they've encountered um and he's like this guy has some similarities but also he can talk which is wholly new so he's like initially he's like well i'm going to try to take him alive um and this battle begins he i think he pretty quickly ditches that idea
1: yeah like we he's going to be
0: able to take this thing alive 10 15 seconds i think he did right after that he idea. says that this thing like spears him with this weird like venom arm sends him through a building and then sweeps the arm Through the entire building, sending this thing like toppling down on top of itself, it was super cool. Yeah,
1: and he keeps using his like super move that he calls Hell Spider. It's pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah, man! In in a like kind of at the middle of this fight, when he uses it and he turns the building behind it into a bunch of cubes. Yeah, that in the anime it was dope looking yeah like, they animated that so well and i love
1: the immediate follow-up scene where like he's traveling backwards and hawks is trying to pick up all the pieces and he's running backwards like that scene was animated so cool i love the way it looked
0: yeah and you got your you got your wish about hawks anyway
1: oh um, yeah his break here a
0: little bit more about his quirk
1: yeah his quirk was awesome um i'm trying to I, i've got it written down in here somewhere but he's got this
0: fierce wings fierce wings
1: that's right and he's able to like control all of his feathers and i think not only is he able to control all of them but i I think they like heighten his senses or he's able to use them to because he's trying to save people from the building that the nomu and endeavor have wrecked and he's able to like sense the other people's vibrations so he's like seeing them in his mind and that's how he's finding folks or like even just the vibrations that their screams are causing in the air i guess kind of like echolocation i would assume Uh, But he's not screaming, so I don't know how it's working, but it's badass. Like, Hawks is cool, man. And this episode, I love it too, because we get a lot of endeavor in this episode, but we get a little bit of Hawks, just enough to really kind of explain what his motives are, and I'm all about it. Like, I think he's an awesome character.
0: Yeah, I think that the way that I was thinking about his feathers, uh, especially when you're talking, like, he starts to send them off of him to start rescuing some of the civilians as this building starts to collapse... And he's like, you know, sense their breaths and their heartbeats, and it made me think of uh, EVA or Eva from Phantom X in the like uh, in Marvel comics, where it's like an external nervous system kind of thing. Yeah. Where he is, they each are not sentient, but they have they have the capacity to to sense things, um, and so their their ability to pick up on some of those minute. Changes in air pressure or sound um he uses them to his advantage to manipulate or control them to go and and do whatever it is that he needs to do, almost like they're like I said that they're part of his nervous system somehow or he's able to at least sense things through them, which I thought was pretty cool because again I don't think just having wings is a cool power, and they keep making his wings more and more um interesting
1: yeah, and he keeps mentioning whenever he's like saving all these people too that it gets difficult because he's, he's using so many feathers that he's not able to fly as well. And he, he's mentioned in his head, at least at one point in time, that he feels like his back isn't something that they can all rely on. And it kind of leads into this overarching feeling you get where he's like, you know, in, Endeavor, that's why you have to be number one. Like Hawks knows he can't be number one because he's just not strong enough. He, he even mentions in this episode that he's really not great at power types and uh it's it's really neat, man. I mean, I just think seeing him kind of come into this light of, hey, I've got to prop up the number one because I can't beat it. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool, um and it, he does this awesome thing where he turns some of his wings into like these massive swords. I thought that was pretty neat yeah, I
0: really like that too, where you see that the different length of of feathers are used for different purposes yeah um and it is it is pretty cool i was I was Genuinely impressed with and pleased by the presentation of his quirk. I mean, we kind of had an idea of how it worked, generally speaking, but getting more and more specific was cool. They also, uh, you know, talk very briefly about its physical limitation, like he can run out of feathers. Um, So there must be some finite number that he has and that he's familiar with. And he—at no point in this episode do you see him completely devoid of feathers, like where he's sent— Every single last one of them off, but you see him down with like little stubs towards the end, especially when he's helping Endeavor. That kind of remind me of that scene from maybe X two, where the angel character tries like cutting him off, and he's just got those little nubs. You know what I am talking about? Those
1: nubs, yeah, yeah, totally. No, I know exactly what you are talking about. Another thing I find kind of interesting about this you are mentioning about the wings or the feathers being like kind of a nervous system. I mean, there are several times where he's using his feathers and they get damaged. I wonder if he feels pain from that. If they if they truly are connected, I wonder if it goes back to him somehow. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. It didn't honestly, seem that um, way, but I don't know. Just his his power seems to be pretty neat. Uh, he has a really really great control over it. So, well, he it
0: turns out that he and Endeavor aren't the only two heroes kind of on the scene. A couple of. Like, street-level B, C, yeah. D listers are kind of on the scene, too. I mean, how can heroes not respond to this? There's giant explosions and buildings being cut in half. Well... And the Nomu decides that he's going to... I had a hard time telling if he expelled them from within him or, or what, but he basically creates or splits into or expels from within himself a bunch of the other gnomus, the white ones the, that presumably are weaker, at least from Endeavor's perspective or understanding.
1: Yeah, I think they're weaker because they, they don't regenerate. Uh, so that's that's where they're a little bit weaker. And they don't have as much uh, like intuitive fighting, he made it seem like. Like the black gnomus fight better, they, they think about what they're doing, compared to the white gnomus that don't regenerate and are more like animals, I think he mentions and and you know that those white nomus coming out of this high end nomu it almost further backs my thought that this could be kurogiri somehow or if kurogiri's power is related because he could have just used kurogiri's teleportation to get those nomus there that's true i think that's how there's they a, were doing it there's a list in the, in the manga
0: season. that endeavor is kind of like ticking off in his mind how many quirks this guy has so he's like flies oh. via shoulder mounted jets transforming arms uh, stretched out arms that are strengthened by muscle enhancement, enough power to smash straight, straight through this reinforced concrete regeneration and now fission. So he's like, that's at least six quirks. That's cool. He's like ticking them off. I wish
1: they had done that in the anime somehow. That would have been cool to hear him like thinking through the fight, you know?
0: Well, and thinking is the thing that starts freaking him out about high end. Yeah. He, he's like, this thing is thinking itself. Like, it's being smart. It's it's sending off these little scrub no moves to go in uh, kind of distract the, the street level guys, plus also Hawks, who obviously isn't engaging directly with High End himself. But we also, this is also, I think, where Endeavor starts to fret a little or worry a little bit about his own limitation. So we've talked about Hawks in uh, his limitation in the Feathers, and then now Endeavor lets us know that kind of his physical limitation is the, the more of his heat quirk that he uses, the higher his own internal body temperature rises, and it it's kind of described similarly to like a really high fever. I mean, your systems just start to shut down and that's what he's, he's sensing is happening within him already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's right after he does one of his other ultimate moves called prominence burn. It was pretty sweet. Cause he like powers up. He realizes that the only way he's going to get this no damaged, I think is if he damages his head. So he tries to do this master move and he like powers up and he's covered in flames and he does this prominence burn uh, in the moment that it goes off, the whole Nomu like completely erodes away. And Endeavor's looking down and the Nomu's head has been ripped off. Like he just ripped his own head off so that way he could survive the attack and regenerate and then just blow up on Endeavor. And Hawks tries to warn him, but he's not able to react in time. And man, we just get this like crazy scene where he just gets wrecked and he's fallen to this, you know. To the ground with the Nomu on top of them. It's it's pretty rough. And and this is when you find out that everybody's watching it. Like All Might's watching it. Both his daughter and son are watching it in a car and Todoroki and the whole class 1A is watching this on TV. So I mean this has become like live news at this point. It's it's getting pretty crazy. Yeah and this this gash that that Endeavor
0: takes to the face is something that a couple of the folks on our Discord when when I had said that I had seen the movie um, I started kind of DMing with them and they were like, well, did you notice this? Or, you know, uh, one of the things is in that movie Endeavor has this giant scar on his face. Well, this episode of the anime hadn't been released. So it was very spoiler in that sense. It was just like, if you are only watching the anime, you're just like, what the crap what's
1: on his face? Man, I, you know? I assumed um, he lost his eye. I've, I thought you were going to say he had an eye patch.
0: No, it's just, just giant scar on the left side of his face and it's evident in the in the scenes where Endeavor is and you're like what is that and now you know it's because this violent attack and it's it's violent like violently illustrated in the manga I'll share this um, when this episode goes live to the Twitter so you can see but yeah everybody everybody's watching this and there's reporters on the ground people are running for their lives kind of scared Aizawa tries to intercept Um, Todoroki and keep him from watching it, which I thought was a nice touch too, like Aizawa would just in his mode of caring for his students is trying to keep Todoroki from seeing something that, um, you know, could be traumatizing, but he's too late. I mean, Todoroki's already watching this thing. Um, so he's just kind of comes onto the scene. And is just standing there, presumably watching this with everybody else. And and at this point, Endeavor is down. I mean, he is on the ground, splayed out on his back. This high end thing is standing over top of him. It's starting to be this whole scene is starting to be referred to or compared to um the Camino incident, which was like a couple months before this, I think. I think it was after um, they
1: mentioned three months before this.
0: Yeah. And so you get this um you get Endeavor that that same fan that we we talked about like a week or two ago or a week or two ago our last episode that, that fan that kind of chastised him for acting differently by offering him a handshake is the, is down on the ground like is fleeing from the scene um and he's correcting this report this reporter who's like there's no symbol there's nobody here and the guy's like dude you can still see the flames man like Todoroki is or Todoroki Endeavor has flamed back on and has rejoined this fight. And he's like, can't you see? And uh, and he's he's still alive and fighting. So, you know, just don't don't give up. Like, we still have hope in all this because everybody is acting like this thing is going to wreck face and there's nobody there to stop him.
1: Yeah. And even there's like a flashback to his son and his daughter watching this all happening from the car. And his son is just like, gosh, this idiot. Like, he doesn't he know he should give up? Like, he, if he can't beat this guy, then he needs to wait for backup. And, you know, I can't believe he's not giving up. And then... Uh, His daughter turns and and says, like, you know, he never gave up. You have to know that some things are true. And there are all these flashbacks of him, like, I guess, training and practicing to become the number one hero. Uh, I mean, he comes back in full force, man. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I like, I can't remember. I'm trying to thumb through the manga now. But it's either Todoroki himself or one of the other Todoroki siblings who is watching this and says the phrase, I'm watching. Oh, it's It's Todoroki. Yeah, Shoto. Yeah, so he's yeah Shoto. Sorry. Um. Yeah, the Toads, and he's he's like I'm watching you, and his siblings are kind of silhouetted in the background in the manga, and I was like that is such cool juxtaposition because that I'm watching you is set apart or against rather the just watch me from Endeavor. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's that, that phrasing just jumped out at me when he's like, I'm watching you. It's just like, man, you're doing exactly what he said, which is just very cool use of wording around some of that stuff. But how, how hard must it be for these kids to be watching this right now? Oh yeah. Endeavor rejoins the fight. um, And he's, he's so beat up that he's not actually moving himself. He's using his flames to kind of propel him around. Um, and I think, but he's still, he's still getting at it, man.
1: Yeah. And I, I think we might have missed this or I can't remember if it happens in this time period, or if it happens right before this, when he was talking about, you know, how he needed to cool off because his body was overheating, but he makes the mention of like, this is why he wanted to give Shoto the powers he had. This is why he wanted to, I guess, right. play with his wife and create this, you know, combination of quarks is because it would be perfect to be able to have that just intense strength of fire and being able to keep your body cool at the same time. Uh, so I, th- I think that was probably earlier. I don't have it in my notes, but I remember it just being like a really cool scene. And you're right. Like yeah, him, it was during
0: him- that discussion um, of his overheating, and I'm, I'm glad you circle back around to that because that was an important kind of thought of his where he's yeah. reflecting back on his kids.
1: Yeah, and the the propelling himself with his own fire is so cool. Like, you just get this real sense that... Because he's talking about how he can't even... Barely stay conscious except for the pain. Like the pain is just driving him, and, and yet he can't move his body at all. And uh, he's trying to catch up to this Nomu. He's trying to keep it from attacking these people. And I think you can really see this. Just redemption arc is paying off. Like the this episode in the last, it just starts to really come together. Uh, and it's it's crazy. I mean, his kids are frantically watching him. And Endeavor, you can tell he's got some kind of an idea going on. And Hawks comes over. Or he calls for Hawks. Hawks is able to help him by sending. His uh, feathers to support him and is like pushing him through the air because Hawks realizes that he's just as fast as the Nomu. So he's able to propel him even faster to get him to catch up. And when he does that, uh, this like phoenix forms around him and you can tell that this is like his moment. It's his rebirth, you know, and I thought that was really cool imagery.
0: I'm so glad you used that. that that exact word was all over my notes here. Yeah. I was like, it is really, really hard to miss the Phoenix imagery here, and it's not accidental.
1: Yeah, and I think this is when, when Hawks is helping him do this. It's when he's saying, like, my back's not powerful enough for people to rely on me. It's got to be Endeavor. And I just, it's just such a cool moment, man. This is an awesome scene, and Endeavor just uses full force, anything he's got, all of his strength, and punches this no moon in the face and he's trying to get him propelled up into the air so that way he can just use his full power and not have to worry about hurting all these people and he's finally got that aspect in him because at the beginning of the episode I was like well he may beat this thing but he's going to murder everyone around him doing it by toppling all these (laughs) buildings so he'll just look like the villain anyways you know so he pulls it off he gets him up in that atmosphere and he, he like does this crazy blast
0: yeah, and I like some of this dialogue that he's he's speaking out loud to the Nomu, like this isn't what's going on in this guy's head, because he's like, you are me from the past because you're just obsessed with power, or possibly you're me from another future, but I'm going to burn you up and put this all to rest. And then he, he actually screams plus ultra yeah. and does this prominence burn. He's like, I hate that. I hate that catchphrase of that high school and then he yells it anyway and just <laughs> ignites this sucker in the air and it's a wicked cool scene this this episode is extremely well animated i mean it oh, stands yeah. out in my mind as far as like animation quality and and that coming from a show who's like standard anime quality is exceptionally good this one stands out in my mind as being just like it it felt next level, like something was different, something was
1: better or improved. I'm not sure what. Yeah, and not only that, but what a season finale! I mean, I feel like I feel like the end of season three was okay. Like I don't remember being this like jazzed about it, but this season finale, man, this is a cliffhanger! Like this was just so incredible. That that fight, the tearjerker moment at the end, like. There for a moment, you totally think that Endeavor's dead. I mean, at least I did. I thought this was like a Majin Vegeta moment where he's just going to sacrifice himself to stop the bad guy and it was going to be this whole new thing, you know? And uh, whenever the camera pans down from the wreckage that's in the atmosphere, you see Endeavor standing there with his arm up in the air, just like All Might from the Kamino Ward when he fought All for One. It, It was cool. Just such a cool imagery to see Endeavor there replicating All Might.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very powerful visual and and I don't I don't know that I don't know if this is spoilery or not, if it's if it's done in season five. But there's this really funny panel like right after that uh fist in the air in the manga where Hawks is kind of escorting in uh, Endeavor off and he says, You know that's all might's pose, right? And Endeavor says, No, nah, different arm. He uses his left. He uses his left, and yeah. I thought that was really funny.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's so funny. I uh, I really like this uh, this ending, man. It was a tearjerker for me. I was like, man, like this. It just I've wanted to like Endeavor. He's got such a neat possibility, and I feel like this episode really made it easy to like him. Easier to like him, I guess.
0: Yeah, and you had mentioned the other season finales. I went back and just kind of ran those episodes down just to get a sense for where they left us. So season one was pretty good. I mean, we had the stain teaser of yeah. this ominous figure up on a on a tower and i remember being like i'm kind of excited about that guy because he looks like spawn or or weird ninja of some kind um and we were excited about that season two was the teaser for the summer camp arc which we were excited about but only because we thought it was a neat idea um season three was the introduction of the big three at ua and then you also have the the initial meeting between overhaul and the league of villains and like they, those were all fine but this right here this this is how you end a a season i don't care what medium it is this was excellent yeah. and they did that same trick where they do the title at the end of the episode oh yeah it was perfect and the title is his start so his start wasn't getting crowned the number one hero it was earning that title very visibly Um, Here and in regaining kind of this public trust um, and asserting himself as a force to be reckoned with um, in the public eye, and then they show after that hand up in the air that title, you know, his start. I was like, "Damn right, his start!" Like, I'm I'm behind him now. You know, beforehand it was he was more of a curiosity as to how he's going to do this. Now we see that he's done it, and I want to see him do more. And I think that that is a, a good mark of quality for a finale is, you know, I, I, I'm so desperate for what lies next, not because I think it'll be neat or because it just means we get more of the show, but because I'm like, Man, you left me at a place where I I am unsatisfied right now and I and I need I need more. Not that I just want it, but I need it. And they did that with this episode. Yeah,
1: this is a game changer for my hero. Like this is going to change everything, I think. This is the first time we've seen All Might not be number one. And you know, I had a moment here where we were watching all of this and it shows some superheroes watching what's going down from like a newsroom or something at the school. And I think it's Nezu, All Might, and Present Mike. And all I could think was like, "Oh my gosh, why are they not running out to go help? Like they're also heroes, you know, and then I realized that they're probably forever away, and this fight's gonna take place in thirty seconds or less, and they can't really do much, you know like it's it's not it's also endeavor's job, so I don't know, I just I had this moment where I was like, "Come on, guys, go help them out, you know, and I wonder if there were probably people in you know that city going, all right, come on, where's All Might at? You know, like, surely he's not really retired. He's he's going to be here, right? And then Endeavor shows up and becomes that number one for those folks. And it's just such a powerful mo- moment there.
0: Yeah, and you talk about big changes coming for My Hero. We have this crazy post credit scene. It's, it's kind oh, of yeah. vague, but at the same time, I think that it hints at what is imminently coming down the pipe, where... Deku has this dream or a vision where he's shrouded almost like entirely in a like a smoke or something like that. Um, it kind of looked like dark shadow, but all over except for like from the bridge of his nose up and one hand for some reason. Um, and he looks down to his right, and there are like five or six of the previous wielders of the One for All. And then he sees the original wielder, presumably. I mean, that's that's what the context clues. Uh, Lends you to believe anyway, and then he's kind of kneeling down at the foot of all for one, um, and it's it's that moment of the first that first person being given or imbued with what would come to be called or known as the all for one, um, and it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, mm-hmm. We get to see is this the first time where we see the previous um, possessors like very clearly visually because yeah. I remember they were a shadow at the, at the, at the sports at the festival. games. I remember yeah. like in a, in a doorway.
1: Yeah. It was when, um, I can never remember the guy's name, but he was like mind controlling Deku into walking off the platform at the sports festival. Uh, and he's that Shinzo. You forgot Shinso. his name last yeah. episode too, but you forget a lot of names. I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, but yeah, so it was Shinzo. Shinzo was trying to convince him to walk off that platform at the sports festival. And, uh, he sees the, the, previous wielders in the doorway he doesn't seem clearly like he just sees their eyes the interesting thing i thought was that all might wasn't there uh not there at all
0: i would assume that it's because he's still alive yeah maybe but I, that's the only thing i could come up with anyway. he had seen him
1: last time though uh because there was that whole scene between all might and uh the nurse where she says something like oh so you're starting to show up there too like whatever this is all might's aware of it because he has to have seen them as well, because he knows that there's this other place where they exist. So I, it feels very like Ghost Forest or like Avatar. I don't know if you ever watched Avatar, but it's a lot like the Avatar to me.
0: Yeah, and Deku kind of snaps out of this. It's a very brief scene, and it's all very vague. There's no d- dialogue, if I remember I don't right. I think so, no. Um, And he wakes up, and it looks like Almost like a bomb has gone off in his room, so he has manifested something or did something while unconscious that has, like, wrecked his room and, like, blew out a window or something. I
1: didn't realize that. I thought it was just, uh, I thought his hand was just all powered up. Like, it looked like his hand was at 20%.
0: There was that too, but I'm pretty sure it like busted out a window and knocked a bunch of stuff around his room. Huh. It would have been so funny if had was standing there. I think that there's there. some interesting stuff coming down the pipe with regards to that stuff. Yeah. So I'm curious to see
1: what that brings. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm but, looking forward to seeing what, what happens with this. I'm excited for next we're done. season.
0: Yeah. Done, done with season four for now because the last thing we see at the end of um, this particular episode is continued in season five. So now. It's a waiting game, but for the time being, we can cast Kaminari if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Who'd you come up with? So the per- this person I think could do and this this is gonna make some sense when I tell you, but I think he could be Kaminari or Mineta. <laughs> I think he okay. could do either one. Okay. And that is Gatin Martirazzo. The he's in like uh, Stranger Things. I can't remember which character he plays oh, in Stranger yeah. Things because I don't watch it, but Sure.
1: Yeah, I know who he um, is. Uh yeah, I could see that.
0: I think he's got that kind of goofy personality for Kaminari or Minetta. I think I see him more as a Kaminari than a Minetta. I think most part of what why I think he could be a Minetta is because of his like curly hair. Yeah. Um, but I think he would be a really fun Kaminari where he could like yuck it up, and he's done some some measure of action stuff inside of the Stranger Things series. Um, I mean, Kaminari never gets like really mixed up in the middle of things, really. Um, and I would love to see him do the full on stupid. I expended too much electricity. Now I'm an idiot thing. <laughs> I think he could pull that off really well. That's part of why I cast.
1: Yeah, him. no, I, I feel like he looks more like Mineta, but his personality screams Kaminari. I can totally see what you're saying with that. I like that one. Uh, I went with uh, Hunter Parrish. Uh, he was Silas or in uh, the weeds. I know you know that show. Yeah, I know Hunter Parrish. Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, so I, I was kind of trying to go through a bunch of different stuff. Uh, and it, for some reason, it just kind of drew me to him. I was like, that guy, I could see him playing Kaminari. Um Hannah said that she would have wanted to have cast uh, Owen Wilson. And every time he gets <laughs> like fried, he could just Owen be like, Wilson. That wow. would be really funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I could
0: see, it would be really funny if Owen Wilson was only cast as dumb Kaminari when he yeah. blew off all this stuff.
1: <laughs> that would be Like, funny. if
0: he expended too much energy, and then you have uh, Owen Wilson there, that would be really funny.
1: But see, do. so I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, and I don't know if I should say this or not, but in my mind, I would love to see uh, Hawk as Owen Wilson, because he just kind of has that like, lazy, like, I just want a world where heroes have too much time, man, you know, like, just kind of a lazy, easygoing kind of cut up.
0: It's interesting. So, are you saying that we need to cast Hawks next? Well, I mean,
1: you just got my casting, so I'm putting you on the spot, or you can just tell me next all time. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's pick.
0: Uh, I'm no, I'm no good under pressure. I hadn't thought about Hawks at all. Uh, so, how about this? We we pick somebody else, and I'll cast two next week, and you cast the other one as well. Okay,
1: that sounds good. Uh, who have we? I
0: like thinking about things.
1: We've uh, we've got to cast a a student now because last week we casted. Uh, well, no, I guess we cast a student this week. So, what do we? What teacher could we cast next week? I don't know. We could we could do Endeavor. Um,
0: yeah, that well yeah, that would make some sense. Let's let's do Endeavor next yeah, week.
1: We'll do Endeavor and then you can tell or me. Next who you want next for Hawks. time we get an episode in. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have something good, here in a week or so. I'm uh, I'm not worried about it. You guys don't be worried about content. We'll be we'll be in your ears soon, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, we're tossing around. I mean, you guys have heard us talk about possibly doing some coverage for the vigilantes or at least checking it out. There's the uh My Hero Smash little comic strip books that we've got one uh we've we each have at least one volume of that. Um, we still haven't done the second movie yet because Adam hasn't seen it, but once he does, we will, we'll do a filler episode on that. And then we have a couple ideas about possibly dipping our toes into some other anime, um, and giving them kind of a similar treatment, maybe not committing to them wholesale, um, but giving us something to continue producing content with, um, in this time between seasons, which was inevitability, um, but you know we don't want to not produce content for the next six or eight months, however long. So uh, we might take kind of our our formula and say, well, we also haven't seen this anime, and a lot of people are talking about it. So let's go give that a shot, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And we we're open to suggestion too, and we've we received a few from uh, some of our Twitter followers and on Discord. So if you have some ideas, uh, let us know. We don't want to go too obscure. Um, you know, and talk about something nobody's watching, and we also don't want to talk about anything that's behind a paywall that we aren't already beyond, um, like Hulu or Netflix, something like that. Um, But if you have a suggestion that kind of falls inside of those parameters, let us know. We'd be happy to think about it, at least.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, And, you know, I like the idea, and I had mentioned this to you, maybe doing a couple anime movies here and there. You know, not even necessarily movies that have tied to series, but like Studio Ghibli movies or uh maybe like one of the old ones like akira i think that was one of the first real big like anime movies uh so it'd be kind of cool to do something like that too like have a little anime hour where we just kind of talk about different shows or different movies we find
0: i own akira on blu-ray i'm so ready to talk about Akira. oh really
1: i've never seen it so that's one i've i've, I've got it on blu-ray i've been meaning to watch it in fact a friend of mine uh, i think i've mentioned it before it's my friend that teaches english in japan He let me borrow his copy like three years ago, and I'm not kidding. It's been sitting on my shelf ever since. I just haven't had a, like, I for some reason, just haven't thought to pick it up and watch it. So uh, I got to get on it. That's what I got to do.
0: Well, all that to say, guys, we are going to continue to produce content. Um, At the very least, Adam and I are going to continue to chit chat and invite you guys to listen in. Um, The subject matter might change a little bit, but we are still going to try to um, stick with as much my hero content as we can, um, covering some of the adjacent materials like dress socks and ties, like we talked about earlier, but, um, <laughs> we might, you know, dip our toes into another pool every now and then, but, uh, trust us, we're going to stay my hero podcast at heart. Um, but you know, right now there's nothing going for my hero. So we have to get a little creative. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm sure we'll have a good time. No matter what, uh, we'll find something you guys can follow along with too.
0: All sounds good to me. So stay tuned. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at at AlmightyPod. Join us on the Discord. Uh, go give us an iTunes review. That would be super helpful yeah, to you. Yeah, those really Tell help Tell your out. friends. Um, any or all of those things. Let's, let's go not just with any. Do all of them. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be swell. We would
1: love it. We would really appreciate that.
0: Yes, sir. We do, guys, appreciate you listening and being as supportive and engaging as you are, um, with us and and across all these social medias, we're looking forward to more and more of that. Um, even with the show on a hiatus, um, we want to continue to be engaged with you. So, uh, find us in one of those spaces. We're there. We're, we're, we're there for you. And we look forward to more, more of, um, whatever may come down the pipe. So long as you're with us. Absolutely.
1: So we'll, he'll see you guys here in a couple of weeks. I'm sure. All
0: right. See you guys.
1: Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at AlmightyPod or follow at Net for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Network. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at the TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O. S-I-M-S-O.